Someone just deleted all my notes. Who did that? When I put them back. Sorry. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we hop back into the time machine and go back 30 years to share our picks for our favorite albums from 1988. The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Aha! Aha! Don't forget Spotify, my friend. Uh-huh. It ain't in the script. I don't read it. <laughs> and don't forget to listen to this podcast and many other fantastic shows at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. Joining us today, short on consonants, but long on 80s cred, it's Jen with one N. Hi, guys. Steven, B-Rad in L.A.? <laughs> Nobody calls From me. From L.A.? <laughs> Nobody calls me Steven, except for my mom. And I'm, not, and I'm not from L.A. I'm just in L.A. From Oklahoma, I meant? Yeah, more or less. Sadly, <laughs> the, uh, the, the moniker Brad from Oklahoma didn't go over too well, so... It doesn't test well. It just didn't a test of, well. A lot of syllables. Like, a lot of syllables. It's like the end of uh, Pretty in Pink. Nobody really wanted Molly to go off with Ducky. So here's the idea. Uh, we've done this in years past. We uh, we like to each year honor the albums that are hitting big anniversaries. It is 2018, right? 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 Indeed it is. So we are Maybe. We're going back, up for debate. We're going back 30 years. 1988. So we are going to each pick one fantastic album that meant something to us personally. In 1988, it might be the. We may do this show again this year. You never know. I hope so. I have more picks. It's a good year. It, it, as much as I like to say the 80s kind of ended in 1985, there are many great albums to choose from from this year. So I thought we'd have some fun first by like maybe running down the top 10 albums on the Billboard chart. Brad, you want to take it away? Yeah, absolutely. Number 10 that year from the year end was Aerosmith's Permanent Vacation. Who's the lead singer of Aerosmith again, Steve? <laughs> That's Steven. Oh, that's it. It's oh. Steven. Steven Tilare. Nobody's really called us out for being so bad at that yet. I think the they're last, just sad. They're all yeah. taking a sad nap on their couch after listening to us <laughs> fail so terribly. Number nine that year, permanent fixture on the 80s cruise, Tiffany's debut album, Tiffany. Number eight, our old friend Richard Marks with Richard Marks. Number seven was Debbie Gibson with Out of the Blue. 
Now, finally, we're getting somewhere here with number six, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Number five, Michael Jackson's Bad. Yes. Number four was NXS Kick. <sighs> that was out the year before, wasn't it? Is that, is that a holdover for the whole year? I think it held over, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, Def Leppard's Hysteria. Number two, the soundtrack to Dirty One. Dancing. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> And number one, George Michael's Faith. Yay! Love that that album. was number one. Yeah, oh, I love, love that album. It's such it? a good album. How many albums of, of these did you all own? Uh, two. Three. Three for me, too. Okay, I'm going to guess Jen. I bet they're different. Three. Jen had Dirty Dancing, George Michael, and uh, it's either Tiffany or Debbie Gibson. No, no. She had George. She had George Michael, Michael Jackson, and Debbie Gibson. Oh, you were closer the first time. I had Faith, Kick, and Dirty Dancing. Brad had which, Appetite which I, for Destruction, else, but... Kick, and uh, Faith. Probably bad, right? Uh, you you didn't do so good. I had Faith. You, mm-hmm. you know you know of my you know of my love for Wham's early work. That's true. Hysteria and Kick. Okay. I had one album. Can you name it? Oh, Richard it Marks. Probably Richard Marks. Can't. <laughs> it, it was Kick. So it was Kick. You had Kick. So we all three. I think had you were kind of issued that when you arrived at your college campus that year. <laughs> Here's your copy of NXS's latest yeah. album. Learn it. Right. Know it. You know what? Live this, it. this list is a crazy mix, right? Like yeah. it's Def Leppard, Aerosmith, and Guns N' Roses, and then you got your. Tiffany and Debbie Gibson and Richard Marks, and then you got your you, George Michael. I mean, it's just like a crazy mix. Yeah. I feel like today's music is more, um, at least the top 10 albums. If you looked at last year's, I bet it would be pretty more not homogeneous, but, but, but more, yeah, but more homogenous than, than, uh, not homogeneous, but homogenous. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so it's definitely an H word. So anyway, let's get, let's get involved. Uh, let's forget about the top 10. Let's get involved with our own personal picks. Brad, what was your pick for your favorite album from 1988? Well, I'm going to say this is one of my favorite albums from 1988. If I listen to this an awful lot, um, I give you 1988's power pop glum rock masterpiece, <laughs> the smithereens green thoughts. But it's Steve, I have to think that you remember this song and this album. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, I was a college. Maybe student, not then. So. Maybe not then, but now. I mean, this thing. I, I call it glum rock for a reason. I love that it's term, like, by the way. That's a great term. It's forget glam rock. This is glum rock. I mean, it's just like <laughs> wallowing in breakup music. It's fantastic. <laughs> It's got songs on there. That was Only a Memory, which was the lead single. It didn't really do great on the Hot 100. It made it all the way to 92. Jesus. But it was but it was number one on the mainstream rock chart, which just shows you how to touch Americans are with music, man. You know what? Uh, but there's, you know what I think? I think uh, instead on the 80s cruise this year, instead of Glam Rock Night, there should be Glum Rock Night. Yes. We can all go as Pat Denisio. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. Is it? Yeah, probably. Sorry. But I mean, this song, album also has tracks on it called 
are titled the house that we used to live in <laughs> drown in my own tears and deep oh, black geez. i mean this is just it's it's just truly wallowing music which is is good i like it but i mean denisio could write a great guitar song i mean these are just super well written they're tight little 3 minute guitar driven pop songs can i ask you a question absolutely so I wasn't a huge Smithereen fan. I just it it wasn't I wasn't exposed to them too much. I, I knew I know only a memory, um, but I don't know a lot of the other songs on the album. But this song reminded me that Smithereens and REM are sort of adjacent in same, pop. Same producer, that, yeah. Okay, yeah. So same now, guy can you explain why Smithereens wasn't as big as REM? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't know. I really like them. I, I have, I mean, I remember when I bought this album, about this when it came out and I remember standing in the record store, you remember those right kids holding a copy mm-hmm. of this and their first album, especially for you and trying to decide which one to buy. Cause I could only afford one of them. Right. And I went with the newer one. Um, but yeah, I don't know why they weren't more popular. I mean, the songwriting, like I said, I think the songwriting is top notch. Um, yeah, for sure. The, the performances are there. Maybe they just needed a little more radio hookiness in their songs. Maybe. And so my my, my um, totally uninformed theory is Michael Stipe had a lot to do with the success of R.E.M. as far as his personality and his presentation. Because he, so, he was so compelling as a frontman. And I yeah. kind of wonder if he didn't sort of help launch them further than Smithereens went. That, that's a fair, that's a fair uh, argument to me. If you want to go Maybe. back, we did a show... When Pat Denizio passed away, um, show 434, where I have John Lamoureux from the Hustle Podcast right. on, and he is a huge Smithereens fan. And yeah, yeah he was great. So yeah, that's a good back show. And listen to that show, and he will tell you his thoughts on why the Smithereens weren't bigger. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it's a bunch, it's a bunch of like blue collar New Jersey guys singing a type of music that just wasn't really associated with that region of the country at that time i think maybe if they'd come around yeah. a couple of years earlier or even a couple of years later i think they just hit <clears throat> they came out and just sort of hit a you know just a, a little time wake yeah That's what the problem was right so let me give you my second track off of this it's a little uh this is not was not released off the album and sounds like another spearsy song if the sun doesn't <laughs> shine <laughs> Oh, but I'm very uh, just let's play a little bit of this. Let's play a little bit of this. Let's listen to this. No one else can touch us. It's nothing that they can find. Now it don't matter to me if the sun doesn't shine. If the sun doesn't shine anymore, it won't matter much, much to me. Fantastic song, by the way. I love this. We used it in the episode yeah. with uh, with John Lamoureux. I think it just has this great '60s pop feel to it. I know that that Pat Denizio really kind of gravitated to that. Didn't they release an album of Beatles covers? I mean, I know really? that that's an era that he really was fond of. It, it's a real shame. I mean, I, I mean, the Smithereens were supposed to play. Uh, 80s in the sand last year and that's right Pat, his health was starting to, to to go really bad at that point they weren't able to make it and it's such a shame because they're they really are one of those few bands and the other band i would throw out there as a band that's almost almost eerily like the smithereens was the call 
Hmm. And they had a similar idea of they were just a band that maybe came on the wrong side of the wave and they'd lost their lead singer a few years ago as well. And it's just, it's a shame. I mean, some of these bands, like they had the genius, they just didn't have the timing. So Jen, to your, to your point, yes, they did release an album of, uh, they basically covered the 1964 Beatles album, meet the Beatles. The album's called meet the smithereens. Smart. Yeah. That's a great pick. Okay, Jen, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. But I know fully well what artist you wish to represent this week. So take it away. So my pick for album of 1988 is called Love Sexy by Prince. Perhaps you've heard of it. It just occurred to me that Love Sexy wasn't a word in English language until Prince came out with this album. But um, yes, anyway, so Love Sexy, and I'll tell you my, my top song in a minute. I just want to talk a little bit about the album first. It was Prince's 10th studio album. Um, it was actually released around this time, 30. See, sometimes I think I hear 30 years and it makes sense. And then sometimes I hear 30 years ago, like today I'm hearing it and I'm like, that can't be. Yeah. Right. So every once in a while, I'm like, no way. All right. So give or take <laughs> 30 years ago, um, this album came out. It was, <laughs> it was actually May 10th and it was just, um, not very long after sign of the times. And I couldn't remember in my memory sort of where it fell in my in my life. It was only a little over a year after Sign of the Times came out. And this album wasn't supposed to come out. And an album called The Black Album was supposed to come out. Do you all, are you all familiar with The Black Album? I am not. I'm not. So it's an album that Prince had put out in bootleg form. And it's literally, it's like the white album has no, it doesn't actually have a title. It's just white. It's that. It, it doesn't have an actual title. It's just black. And that came out, and I don't know if it was like too raunchy or too something, but the studio would not release it. So in seven short weeks, Prince made this album "Love Sexy." Wow! And it was, wow. and yeah, That's he did a lot speed. of the work himself. He, yeah, I mean, it's Prince, right? He probably had, he probably did five albums, and this is just the one that came out. But um, but he did it in Paisley Park, his, at, which at the time was his new studio, and a lot of it was him. It was, a lot of it was him on the. Instruments and naturally he wrote all the music. So critics did not love this album and I don't think people loved it that much either. <laughs> but I think it's just this weird little record that I just adore. I always have. And what's kind of irritating about it, which I thought was cool at the time, but now that I try to listen to individual songs is really annoying, is that it plays on one continuous track. Oh, uh, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, Come on. So, um, oh, and, I, and I think there are versions that you can get that it breaks up the songs, but side one was one track and side two was the second track. Send and me the MP3. I, I'll chop it up for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> but I remember in those days that was fine because what the hell did I have to do? <laughs> you know, yeah, you're gonna listen, listen to the whole side anyway, right? Exactly. Flip it over and listen to the other. But yeah, it's a great album, and I remember when when Prince did pass away that this was one of the albums that really gave me comfort for some reason. It was never my favorite, but for some reason, like Sign of the Times made me cry profusely because it was just mm. too much. And then Purple Rain, I've had listened to so many times, but I would put Love Sexy on, and it was just like this really comforting album to listen to anyway love sexy it only had three songs on the hot 100 one of them was called glam slam another was called i wish you heaven and the last song actually this is the the song that that went the highest it went up to number eight in the u.s and actually all the way up to number three on the r&b chart it's called alphabet street
Do you guys remember this song? Um, I did after I watched the video. Vaguely, it, it pulled a chain somewhere deep in my brain. But I, uh, minus <laughs> minus listening to it today, I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything about it. Steve, do you remember this? Song? Um, only because I think you forced me to listen to it a few times. But but I mean, the thing about princes, I mean, you know, you, it's all good. Like if 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 I had to listen to one artist for the rest of my life, I mean, Prince would be right up there. And so I'm I'm pretty cool with that idea. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is a cool song. It's so funny when you're a fan of of an artist because you think all their songs are popular, and then you're like, "Do you guys hear the song and remember the song?" And it's like, no, crickets. yeah. But uh, but I, I I do love this song. I thought it was such a cool. Like I said, it's a weird album, and this is a weird song. And I just wanted to mention that Sheila E of the 2018 Cruise family <laughs> was on drums. 2019. Uh, 2019, sorry. I'm like getting so excited. I wish it was now. Um, but yeah, so Sheila E played drums. This performer, dancer, and and singer named Kat did the vocals. She does that crazy rap, um, which I can do but won't <laughs> until the 2019 cruise, perhaps. <laughs> and then another woman who was in Prince's Orbit, Ingrid Chavez, she does the, the little like spoken word thing at the end, which I also won't do. But if you listen to it, that's her at the very, very end. That's so cool. So... Yeah, yeah, I love the song. So my my deeper cut is Anastasia. Do you guys remember Anastasia? Uh, huh? The animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I'd never heard the song until she did not know that she was the princess of Russia until that movie happened. Until that very moment, um, I like this song. I thought this was pretty, it's pretty fun. right? Yeah, it was. You know, kind of takes it down a few few clicks. Yeah, and there are a few songs on the album like that, but this one's my favorite. That just sort of once in a while, the 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 chorus will just come to me in this really nice, soothing way. It's really great, and it's it's hard to get. I mean, as people know, it's hard to get. Um, Prince Music Online. So what you just listened to was actually from a show that was recorded in Germany in 1988. So the Love Sexy album wasn't hugely popular, but the tour really was. So I guess they recorded it. It was available on VHS and Laserdisc, and I have never seen it except for on clips online. But yeah, it's a great song. And again, Sheila is playing drums, we think, maybe. This is what I learned from the uh, the Vault, yeah. the, the Prince website, The Vault. But she's definitely singing vocals, as is uh, Kat again. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Here's Spearsy's choice for an album from 1988. And it, and I, I will preface this by saying I did not listen to this album until maybe 10 years after it came out. Um, and I'll tell you the story about that just in a minute. But first, I want to introduce They Might Be Giants and the album Lincoln. I saw this faded on a bridge 
So here's the story. Of a man named Spearsy. <laughs> Throw your mind back to like 1992. Okay. And young Spearsy yeah. is on his first job in Tampa, Florida. He's renting an apartment uh, in the west area of Tampa. It cost me a staggering $300 a month. <laughs> so, Ooh. And I was a member of the Columbia Record Club. You know, the uh, aforementioned... Yeah. Hostile we need to do a show on the Columbia Music right. Club. So, like, so every you know, I, I would. So one day, I forgot to send back my thing in time, and and a CD pops into my mail slot, and it's they might be giants, and it's it's actually the album Flood, which came out I think in 1990, 1990 or nineteen ninety one, and I listened to it, and I was I was just amazed by it. I was like, I've never heard of this band. This is incredible. I really love this music. And so I went out on one of those missions to become like a completist and like get all their early albums up till then. And one of those albums was 1988's Lincoln. It was only their second album. The two members of the band, the two Johns, as we call them, John Linnell, who plays accordion, and then John Flansburg, who plays guitar, are the masterminds behind this little band. Um, this album in particular was released in the fall of 1988. So most of the time that it's been on the charts, such as it was, was in the year 1989. And, and, okay. and I mean that literally because it really – it did nothing on the charts. It was in the high 80s in the top 100. The biggest hit, the one we just heard, Anna Ang, got to number 11 on the modern rock charts despite never officially being released in the United States. Wow. Wow. And now Jen will recite us some lyrics. To Anna Ang? Yes. You did it before the show started. You can do it now. By recite, do you mean sing? Sure. Anna Ang and I are getting old and we still haven't walked in the glow of each other's majestic presence. Listen, Anna, hear my words. They're the ones you would think I would say if there was a me for you. Perfect. There you go. Glorious. <laughs> Pitchy. <laughs> there are actually 18 songs on this album. <laughs> and they're all good. They, That's the crazy they thing. They do cram in the two-minute song, don't yes. they? No, no song is longer than three minutes. Most of them are, are, are less than two. The album was named after Lincoln, Nebraska. No, Lincoln, Massachusetts, which was the hometown of John Flansburg. And like uh, all their previous work up to this date, there's no full band. It's basically the two Johns and then a bunch of synth tracks. Got it. Critics generally tolerated the album. <laughs> um, phrases that were thrown around to describe it are eccentric, eclectic, cleverness for cleverness sake. Pointlessly, I got no problem with that. Yeah. Pointlessly, stick. I know, pointlessly sophomoric. Ultimately, though, it would actually end up on Pitchfork's best albums of uh, the 80s at number 78. That's not so bad, though. No. So hot. <laughs> yeah. I'd take that. He who laughs, laughs last. I'm sold. My deep cut, by the way, is this song, a brilliant piece called Purple to Pay. Jen, you know the song, right? Purple toupee with gold lemon. Yeah. <laughs> it gets stuck in your head. Every song. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Um, this song is described as a garbled memory of the 60s. 
And it's actually inspired by, <laughs> no surprise to Jen, it's inspired by Prince's song uh, Purple Rain and Raspberry Beret. That actually is quite surprising. <laughs> I know, because there's no... I did not know that. <laughs> there's no... You can listen to it now. I'm like, I don't hear it, but, you know, there's yeah. no Purple Rain in there whatsoever. Hmm. That is a strange... That's a strange association, but I'll accept it, because I think I see that that's true on Wikipedia. <laughs> and Wikipedia <laughs> is the source of all knowledge. Wikipedia, Verify. Wikipedia will show us the way when summer lets us down. You know what song I love on this album, and it, I think I think it ends the album, but it's uh, "Kiss Me, Son of God." Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That song is like crazy clever <laughs> for cleverness. <laughs> no, but it is. It's so good. No, it is. And, and it, I, I also will find myself, you know, if I remember this song, just sort of, you know, singing it as you walk along or something. A lot of these songs are just so like you could, if you go camping or something, you can just sing them. <laughs> It keeps the bears away. You don't have to go camping to sing them. You can just sing them for funsies. Right? I know. I have to go camping this weekend, so it's on my mind. Uh, Girl Scouts? It, yeah. Seems a little uh, early. I mean, yeah. Well, Wait, I'm getting trained so that uh, I can take 16 girls yeah. scouting and, or yeah. camping, and it's a little uh, intimidating. Yeah, you got to so. do that. You know, but you know that uh, They Might Be Giants did a bunch of kids' albums, right? You can bring well, that's, kids' yeah, albums. Yeah, that's what I was about oh, to say. Yeah. Are you familiar with No? Oh, my gosh. We played the hell out of that in the car with the kids. Yeah. yeah. No. It, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. No yeah, means common, no. Period. Thousand times no. Mouth <laughs> in the shape of a letter O. <laughs> you see? They're so easy to sing along yeah. to. They Might Be Giants. Oh, my God. They are the best. Um, you know what else is the best? The best. Ah, uh, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Um, you remember this, like a few weeks ago. It seems like it's been about a month. I concocted this really um, diabolical montage of songs that all begin with piano notes. Dude, this was so hard. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody got it right. It was deceptive because it started out with one. You're like, oh, yeah, I got that. Yep. Uh-huh. It's yep, harder. Got that. Yeah. Yep. And then you're like, wait a minute. What the? What? Huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> So anyway, I'm going to play for you again. There's 10 songs in here. This is the beginning of 10 songs that begin with piano notes. Are you ready? Here we go. Yes, it's difficult, but not impossible. Somebody has named every song. The only problem is nobody named all 10 songs. Are you ready? Um, you know what? That first song is not a 1980s song. Don't f***ing tell me this now. You would hear it on the radio in the 80s, but it was not an 80s song. Jesus, don't tell me that right now. Okay. Name that 80s, 80s radio tune. Stop. Why did you not Why did you not tell me this before today? I just realized it looking at the title. I checked all this shit. Hang on. Okay. F*** me. You're right. What year is it? 78. 78. Okay. Oh. Okay, so the first one's not an 80s song, but you, but nobody missed the first song anyway, okay? Brad, you're not wrong. You know, you know someone's going to complain about that, it. So we, let's just let's just let's shine I, some light on the I'm elephant just, in the room and we'll move on I, to the stuff I'm they don't know. I'm just saying the breakfast was a little undercooked. I'd like my money back. Brad, <laughs> I'll kick 100% of your ass if you don't fix this montage. <laughs> okay, you got a point on the first song. Here we go. Ready? Number 1, Hold the Line by Toto. Technically from 1978. I think we filed for a waiver, though, didn't we? Yes, we I did. think we did. Number two, Faithfully by Journey. Number three, Mandolin Rain by Bruce Hornsby. 
Then comes Home Sweet Home from <laughs> Motley Crue. Then Keep on Loving You by REO Speedwagon. Then is, I guess that's why they call it The Blues by Elton John. Followed by Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warrens. Then comes Listen to Your Heart by Roxette, which most people got. That's a bit of a stumble there. Though. Uh, I didn't know that one. Then comes Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago. And then comes this song, which only one person got. The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I'll protect you from the hooded claw. Keep the vampires from your door. Like fire, I'm so in love with you. Not that other power of love. No, that tripped up everybody. There we go. I, I got one right. One? Which one? One. I got. Tell me, I it was guess hold that's the why line. they. No, I got. I guess that's why they call it the blues. And then I just gave up so easily. I was like, and the, probably the rest are Elton John too. No. <laughs> just moved on with my life because I was getting so frustrated. I'm gonna make it up to you with another montage challenge. Are you ready? <laughs> Here are ten songs, each with the word "kiss" in the title. And each clip contains the word kiss. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Okay. Do you want to hear it one more time? Yeah, give it to us the second time. Absolutely. Save everyone one the rewinding. One more time. If you know it, here's what I want. I want all 10 songs, the name of the song and the artist. I'm, I, I double-checked every single one of these. They all happened in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I spent some time today. I have time on my hands. I, have, I don't start my new job to, uh, till, you know a couple days from now, so I have the time. Email them to podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for a mystery movie moment. Uh, you know the drill. We'll play a clip from a movie from the A's. If you get it right, you are entered into the drawling. Drawling? That's not even a word, is it? Drawling? That's what you'd like do for fish? It can be if you uh, want to For be. a uh, bottle opener. Pay attention. Here's the clip from last week. I find out where you live, and then I come to your house, see? And I beat down your door with a baseball bat and then i'm gonna make a bonfire with a chippendale maybe crush that golden retriever then eat it and then i'm coming upstairs junior and i'm gonna grab you by your brooks brothers pjs and then i'm gonna take your brand new bmw and cram it up your hot ass do we have an understanding yes that's caddyshack 2 we only gave you about half a dozen hints that we were going to talk about Caddyshack too. Uh, not everybody was um, bamboozled. Um, Brad, read the winners. Oh, be my pleasure, Mr. Spears. Our winners this week are Caddyshack 2 savants. Include Shazam from St. Louis, Albert from Gainesville, Georgia, Brian Nakey from Minnesota, Canuck and Cali, Jesse Elgato Grande Smith, Chris from Michigan, 
Brian Chalker, Brock in North Dakota, who claims he likes this movie better than the original Caddyshack. That's bad. Brock, <laughs> I'm never mailing you that. I'm never mailing you that, that bottle opener. Dave Augie August and Rick Parker, who didn't write. Brad. <laughs> Brad, spin the wheel. Let's see Here we go. Won. That's good. Don't pop a nutter. trying to frighten the people who are working in the hall outside this conference room. Oh. And the winner is Brian Chalker. You are the winner. So email us your snail mail address and we will get we'll put you we'll put you on the list. Yay, congratulations. To eventually receive some I feel swag. like tomorrow I'm going to the post office. Good job, Good Brian Chalker. Hey, by the way, I should say I actually mailed out the trucker hats today. You are an inspiration to us all. I put them in boxes, I took them down to the post office, and I mailed them. So if you are one of the four people to get a trucker's hat, Tim Williams, I know you're one. Albert, I think, from Gainesville, Georgia, I think you're one. Brock, I think I know you're one. And I can't and I don't remember the fourth one. But anyway, four people got trucker's hats. If you didn't get them, so sorry. I'm sure we'll have some, I can send you some other 80s cruise swag. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystical magical clip. Thank you, gentlemen. The eternal battle for the domination of the world begins. We play for dollars. Random target selection, Spain. Value $9,000. If you know it, email us at podcast.sitds.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. We're back. We have a couple minutes left. I thought we'd all talk about our runner-up picks for uh, albums that we wanted to talk about from 1988. Brad, what what would have been your second pick? I know this is a shock to you all, but uh, my second pick would have been <laughs> Devo's uh, release, Total Devo, actually from May of 1988. It's just it's not a great album. It really isn't, but it's peppy and it's fun, and they use an awful lot of synthesizers. So <laughs> let's listen to a little bit of uh, Disco Dancer. Nice. Yeah, my idiot friend Greg is in this video. <laughs> How much of an idiot could he possibly be if he's actually in the video? Well, I was supposed to go with him that night, and I like had taken three finals in six hours or something and decided I wanted oh, to sleep I instead. So Your I idiot go. friend who got to do it uh, and you I, didn't. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> that's why he's an idiot. But uh, I did see this. They toured on this album, and I saw the show uh, right before Christmas that year. And the concert I was at was released as a live album. So that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah, there you go. Jen, what, what is your pick for – what's your runner-up for 1988? My runner-up is Sugar Cubes, Life's Too Good. Um, did you guys own this album ever? Oh, sure. I had like all oh, – I had, I had so on cassette, good. vinyl, and DVD. So good. It's right in the title. Life's too good. Um, yeah, no, I love this. My friend Greg was in the video. Not no. 
<laughs> it was it your idiot friend, Greg? Not true. Yeah, no. Th- this was this was Sugar Cube's debut album, and they were a, a revelation to me. I thought their music was amazing, and I thought that uh, Bjork was amazing, and she went on to continue to be amazing. So, Sugar Cube's people. Birthday. I love that song. Good pick. Good pick. My pick is Tracy Chapman, her debut album, which came out in 1988. Um, I played it endlessly again when I lived in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I was so depressed that um, this kind of <laughs> it would set it would set a tone for the rest of my life. But uh, I love this album. It was the de facto CD that I would always play in the car when I was on a date. So Tracy Chapman is responsible. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Oh dear. That's interesting. I'm trying to Oh, you're supposed to play yeah. Led Zeppelin. No, no, it was it was uh, it was always Chasey Trapman. Uh, but uh, it's a fantastic album. I really love it. I, I still kind of use it from time to time when I'm in a really morose, really morose kind of point of view. But uh, I'm I'm very surprised by this choice actually that that you would pick a, a female singer songwriter. Yeah, I mean, it's I awesome. It. I mean, she, She's fantastic. Yeah, she has this one song called "The Promise." I don't know if you've ever heard it. But uh, uh, don't even get me started on that. It's a whole series. It's a whole rabbit hole of emotional issues I don't really want to get into. You guys know so much about women. How come you here at like a gas and sip on a Saturday night, completely alone, drinking beers, no women anywhere? By choice, man. Uh, anyway, uh, we do not think this will be our last 1988 uh, album show. If you have an album that really meant something to you that year, send us an email, podcast at sit80s.com. Let us know why you like the album. We'll include it in a future show. In the meantime... Jen has set the tone with the sugar cubes. So we'll go out with them. And in the meantime, Jen, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the eighties. Stuck in the eighties is a member of the CLNS media network. Special thanks to check battery daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS media mobile app.